0: and W233AH Monticello. Coming up next, Sabrina Artel with Trailer Talk. Stay tuned.
1: This is Anna Vitali Gallo. Do you need to recharge your mind and spirit for the week ahead? Tune in to Gift of Peace, Sundays, 7 to 9 p.m. on WJFF. Gift of Peace, your health spa for the mind.
2: Welcome to Sabrina Artel's Trailer Talk. I'll bring you all kinds of stories from all kinds of people. Whether it's a live public conversation and we're speaking from the kitchen table of my 1965 Beeline Travel Trailer, from the studios or on the streets, please sit back and enjoy the conversation right here this time every week. June 19th is Juneteenth. Emancipation Day. Freedom Day. The people of Texas are informed that, in accordance with a proclamation from the Executive of the United States, all slaves are free. This involves an absolute equality of personal rights. Reaching into the cupboards of Trailer Talk, please join me for conversations from a Juneteenth celebration in the Sullivan County Catskills here in Monticello, New York for the fourth annual Juneteenth celebration on June 17, 2006 in Monticello, New York. This is the only Juneteenth celebration happening in Sullivan County. It was started by El Monique four years ago. I'm here at the neighborhood facility. I am between the building and the basketball courts and there is a basketball tournament going on. Many, many guests have joined me and are participating inside in different workshops about identity and empowerment. There was a quick HIV testing inside and a table with education about HIV prevention. Three different groups were here from Sullivan County participating in that. And it is a beautiful day. It's not raining here in the Catskills. It's a beautiful day in the 80s. It is in the later afternoon now. I pulled up around one o'clock and started speaking with people about 1:30 in the afternoon, inside, in addition to workshops and different tables displaying people's crafts, there are also performances going on. Spoken word and hip hop performances are happening inside. And now I'm at the basketball courts.
3: I would be rich if hate could be used to make fuel. Hate makes it with adrenaline to bring progression to the surface. For society telling us we in the ghetto were worthless. For the ignorant cast to think that guns person is the way to solve problems. You are the problem. I got hatred for the corporations who let 24,000 people die of starvation on a daily basis. For the statistics. And the white kids who holler, yo, what up? I got hate to spit it big business who think that the ends justify means, which means third world labor's cheap. One dollar a day to make sneakers and jeans, but only if they meet their quarter for the week, the government. For messing with, with Panama and the Middle East. The real reason's money. Things ain't really that deep. The canal and petrol dollars. But we believe what they say and follow like sheep exploit the less fortunate and reap the benefits without being hesitant in the least. Consequences ain't a factor. I hate the fact that those who run a government of the people are not equal, but are the top 10% that can feed and clothe the world's homeless with less than one of their weekly checks. For me, they get hate, not respect. They're just murderers and rapists who worship the almighty dollar in quarterly statements. If they want it, they're going to take it. For a few chips, they risk in the next World War a nuclear holocaust, because if we print our own money, what's it going to cost? There's nothing to lose. We don't print dough, just a bunch of IOUs. Since ours ain't backed by gold, we'll what's going to happen when the whole globe finds that loophole in our creditors, man payment, in euros. Our economy folds and we're thrust into the third world below the poverty line if we get what we deserve.
2: That was interest. Wow. Thank you so much. Style. Thank you. <laughs> interest. I already performed this piece and others inside the neighborhood facility. <laughs> There's a whole series of spoken word artists who shared their work and I guess coming up next will be more artists including musicians yeah. yes. as well yeah. who are setting up in there, thank you interest come on in El Monique so El Monique oh has finally come into the trailer it's been a long day it's the early evening I've lost track of the time is it maybe six o'clock I don't even know what time it is but this is cool I love this
4: this is like a little apartment on wheels
2: this is imagine so this in New York cool. City just park it on the road
4: oh my god I'm thinking we need to go somewhere I like this a lot I really do okay let's go on a road trip I agree. Just let me know when and where, and I will be there.
2: So now, Elmonique, Monique, you have produced, came up with the idea for and this. And for those
4: of you who have only heard Sabrina's voice and don't know how gorgeous she is, you would be there too. So yes, I'll be there for the road trip. Okay, back to business.
2: Okay, <laughs> Elmonique. Monique. <laughs> how did you come up with the idea to... Produce and sponsor this Juneteenth event for Sullivan County, which is now in its fourth year in Monticello, New York. One of my
4: trite mottos is don't fuss about it, be about it. I moved to Sullivan County with my life and business partner almost six years ago. And when we arrived, we found it to be not just atmospherically chilly, but a little culturally frozen as well. So, we decided that Juneteenth, being the oldest and grandest African-American holiday and extremely underexposed, needed to be brought to Sullivan County
2: and we've been doing it ever since. Elmonique, Monique, what is your relationship to Juneteenth? Did you grow up being aware of it and celebrating it? At what point in your life did you find out what it is and what the celebration is about?
4: I believe I was a late teenager, and I'm not going to tell you how many years ago that was, but let's just say a while ago when <laughs> I discovered that every slave was not freed on January 1st, 1863. I, Up until that time, I was taught, told, and thought that everyone was freed via Lincoln's Emancipation Proclamation. It was only later when I learned it took a full two and a half years for the slaves of Galveston, Texas, who were the last group, to learn that they were free. And they found out on June 19th, 1865, so the slave dialect coupled with the Texas Southern... Twang. Uh, Yes, yes. (laughs) Uh, June 19th became Juneteenth and To those who know it well, it's also affectionately named Emancipation Day. Some people call it the Black Fourth of July. For me, it's an inclusive holiday that celebrates
2: freedom and empowerment. What's been fascinating today is that some people like you learned of it when they were quite young and celebrated it, or at least they were aware of it. And many people in the trailer with me today just learned of it today or through your flyer and we're quite surprised that they didn't know about it. I'm, I'm really happy about that. I'm really happy to hear that
4: people are saying that today was the day that they learned of it because as a spoken word artist, my job is to edutain. And when I know that I'm reaching people in that manner, I, I'm pleased. I feel like I'm halfway there. So if anyone walks out of this space today having learned just one thing, then I, I'll just be eternally grateful for being given the opportunity to spread that message.
2: And El Monique, you live in Monticello, and as you said, you and your life partner came here six years ago. Yes. And you were saying you were finding that maybe there was a certain cultural deficit or there were just some things that you wanted to bring to your new home. What are some of the issues, and I'm asking you this too, as you are also a mother, you're a parent, that you faced in this county? And could you address some of these issues that many people today brought up in speaking with me? A lot of the, the youth, the kids, the teenagers that came in the trailer really talked of that. And I'm wondering for yourself, because I know you work with the youth of the community, what some of these issues are and how would you describe even dealing with them in this county? Would you say that they're are divisions between groups of people or from town to town or the eastern to the western side of the county? Like, what have you learned in your six years here? Well, one thing I've learned
4: is that Sullivan County is much more accommodating than I thought the people of the area would be, and I'm very pleased about that. I don't see a lot of ethnic divisiveness. That I am extremely pleased about. I do have two children. When my sons have their friends over, it's just a melting pot. I just, I I really appreciate that. However, what disturbs me is the fact that a lot of our youth are seemingly fascinated. I don't even know what word to use, but there's been a lot of gang affiliation, gang admiration. Uh, It's just, that's not good. And um, our only way to combat that is through education. So today when we are sponsoring a youth and adult basketball tournament and many of the children who could be doing other things, they could be doing destructive things, they're here today, over 200, they're here today, they're playing, they're enjoying themselves, but they're not inside (laughs) hearing what's going on. So what we try to do to bring to their attention what Juneteenth is about and to try to get them on the right path is we have uh, tracks that uh, talk about gang affiliation and how destructive it is to the community. Um, it includes a letter of apology written by Tukey Williams, who was recently executed and is known for being the co-founder of the Crips gang. Just like everything else, if we just reach one kid, I'll, I'll just feel so happy because, as cliche as it is, our children are our future.
2: And Elmonique. Monique... You are an amazing spoken word artist and you talk about the focus for you of education with it, that that's a huge part of what you do in this expression, in this artistic expression that you've been doing. What brought you to become a poetess as you've been called and a spoken word artist?
4: Wow, I've been doing poetry for a very, very long time. I was 11 years old writing poems for my friends who actually wanted love letters written to their boyfriends and their girlfriends and that's how I started. Uh, My mother read to me the first poem I'd ever heard and it was a poem entitled In the Morning by Paul Lawrence Dunbar and it's written in a southern dialect and she did the whole thing out of her head so I was just already taken aback by that but when I was about seven years old I was um, reared in Park Slope, Brooklyn and uh, we had a wonderful place there called BAM, the Brooklyn Academy of Music. And on a school trip one day, I had the opportunity to see another poet who reminded me very much of myself. She had a short, natural haircut, full-featured black woman, and um, she went on to become the first African-American poet to win the Pulitzer Prize. Her name is Gwendolyn Brooks. was probably one of the most empowering and inspiring creative experiences I've ever had. And I think subconsciously at that moment, I knew this is what I wanted to do. This is what I want to do. So uh, professionally, I guess you could say that I've been writing for about 12 years. But in my heart, I've been doing it from the moment I was able to speak.
5: Yeah.
2: Clearly, by what you're talking about, you see the role of the artist is one that is of action and to have a political engagement with one's community. I would
4: say so. For myself, I think that um, a great part of my job is to be the voice of the voiceless, because there are so many people out there who are not in positions to be able to speak for themselves. And as an artist, if you can do that, then that's what you need to do. And that's what I try to do.
2: Well, El Monique, thank you for joining me with Trailer Talk. Well, and I know you. you have people calling you, and it's amazing. There are still so many people out on the courts and so many people inside at this neighborhood thank facility you. in Monticello. So thank you so thank you. very much. Please. This
4: setup is <laughs> outstanding.
2: I'll give you a call for the road trip, definitely. Thank you. Okay, bye. I love you and have thank. A day. thank you. I've been speaking with the producer of the Juneteenth celebration here in Sullivan County. It's in Monticello, New York, and El Monique. A spoken word artist had the idea to bring this Juneteenth celebration to her hometown.
6: Gangs, drugs, everything—it's just the influence you 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 come under. Cause like where well, I'm from, the BX, you know and I mean BX Webster 171st. There's nothing. There's nothing that's but drugs, <laughs> crips. Feel me? And for a young cat to grow up watching all of that—that's the only thing he knows. So that's what he's gonna be prone to do. It's just gang bang, slang, I mean, make that easy money. They don't know about no checks. They don't know how to read a check. Know what I mean, so that, I'm one. Of, I'm one of the people that was like that. I didn't know how to read a check till I got my first
7: job. And I was like what 16. Which 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 little do you know though? But you know that at 16, that's like the the age where everybody starts getting a job. So you know I'm, that's what I'm trying, trying to let y'all know that y'all not really that far behind. Judging for we because we all came from the same came from the same places. You know, urban, uh, and it's from the city you know, um, and to think that, really, you're not that far behind, you know, because at, at 16, is, is about the age where you should start getting a job, because you're about, what, 10th grade, 9th grade, at 16, that's when you get your working papers, 17, you know, but, um, I, you're think, right, I think, but
6: nowadays, kids, what, what they see on TV, you know what I mean, that's what they doing, and, and they don't have a childhood, so when they start getting older, that's when they mind when they mind capacity start. They act like little kids, like teenagers and all that. They be like 30, and 34 good.
7: feel me? And they yeah, thinking exactly. young because of that. And at the same time, you got to show them because, like you said, you got you got misguided media who tells you, you know, like you know, you see the rap videos and all of that. But you being here is like doing what you got to do, working, you know. Uh, it's like. Uh, the same thing, at, but on the opposite level. You know, you're equal. Yeah. You're showing people in, the, in yeah, America that cookie. you could that you could work, that you do got to work, that you got, you got goals. And yeah, you got, that she that could bake some cookies, become.
6: man. Y'all should come in here yeah. and try these cookies. These yeah, cookies this, is these good.
7: They've been man. They How are you? I'm good.
6: How's it going? Everything is going good.
5: Actually, it went so well, I sold out. <laughs> I saw that. I'm done.
2: That's amazing. So please introduce yourself again.
5: Hi, my name is Sharon Gates and I live in Liberty and Katie's Kitchen was actually named after my mom and I do private catering. And they were having the basketball tournament over here today and I put out a spread and they bought me out.
2: It's amazing. I saw that you had homemade cornbread and cabbage and
5: and fried chicken, barbecue chicken, rice and beans, you know, good old food for the soul
2: so you're all sold out that's amazing it went
5: by word of mouth and i looked up and i couldn't even keep up with the volume so this was a blessed day and i really thank el monique for everything that she's doing with the community i think this juneteenth is a wonderful opportunity for the young kids in the community as well as the parents and businesses just to get together and socialize with each other and just have a great time and it's been a wonderful day
2: Well, thank you so much, Sharon Gates. Tell me now, you live in Liberty, New York. Yes, I do. And you've been participating in this Juneteenth celebration with your catering company, Katie's Catering, named after your mom. Where are you from originally?
5: Originally, I'm from the Bronx, New York. I was raised in California, and I moved out here, and um, I moved to Sullivan County in 1992, and I've been here ever since.
2: 1992. And what yes. what brought you to Sullivan County?
5: Actually, I had a best friend that lived up here, and I came up here um, to visit, and I never left.
2: Really? So what is it that you fell in love with then about Sullivan County?
5: I really love the people here at Sullivan County. I love the weather. Um, it's a great place to raise children, and I have a 17-year-old who was three when I originally moved up here. So um, it's just been a good experience all around, and I, I love the mountains, what can I say?
2: What about... Community community here in Sullivan County. A lot of the young people who've been coming in today to speak with me are talking about their challenges and a, a kind of a hopelessness and a lack of things to do and talking about the gangs and the temptation to join in violence and talking about the drugs and the mm-hmm. crackheads right here on Broadway. Mm-hmm. So you, as, as a resident since 1992 in Sullivan County, you live in Liberty, New York, you mm-hmm. raised your daughter here in Sullivan County. She's now 17. As a parent and as somebody living here, how would you respond to some of these challenges that people have been talking to me about in the trailer?
5: In terms of the young people, again, um, I worked for the Youth Advocate Program for about 10 years. Um, I was actually the director for a couple of years, and um, I really do understand the young people's concern. Because we live in a kind of rural area, there is a limited amount of activities, that are available but that doesn't mean that there are none and one of the goals and I know that the present director of the youth um, advocate program Sandy Oxford who's doing a wonderful job they do a lot of outreach in the community with the local businesses and so forth to provide different activities for the young people here so there are things here you have the search form but there are some things here there are alternatives besides joining a gang and selling drugs. And in terms of crack, crack is all over. So it's not just about being on Broadway. It's in Liberty. It's in Never Sink. It's all over. And I think our job as parents is to continue to be vigilant, continue to educate our kids, continue to speak with them, and um, know where our kids are and what they're doing and be involved in it. And some of the parents have to step up their game a little bit and go the extra mile. I know for myself, with my daughter. I put her in a variety of different things, and I know sometimes money is an option, but there are a lot of funding available, so I would urge them to see what's available in their community. Contact the local social services. Find out what's available, because there are outreach programs here, and there are a lot of good people in this community doing a lot of wonderful things for young people. Well,
2: thank you so much, thank Gates you, Gates, for sharing that, and also your love of the mountains here, and your commitment to the
5: community in Sullivan County. Absolutely, because we have some wonderful people here, you know, and I'm glad that everyone has an opportunity to see that today.
2: What about, Sharon, your relationship to Juneteenth? You said you're from New York, but grew up in California. Mm-hmm. And Where in California? I
5: grew up in Los Angeles. So yeah. did you know about Juneteenth? Absolutely not. Actually, I was not even aware of it until um, I spoke with Elle Monique. We both go to Sullivan County Community College. She had mentioned it to me, told me a little bit about it, and I didn't have an opportunity to participate last year, but I'm glad I was here this year.
2: Have a good day. You do the same. Take care. such a cute thing. Thank you. I'm going to close that door one moment. Oh, can you get it? Do you mind? Oh, okay. Thank you. Kusar Grace has joined me in the trailer. He is in charge of the basketball tournament, which is happening right outside the back windows of the trailer.
1: I'm with the Sullivan County Million Man March Community Action Group.
2: Could you even describe the community here in Sullivan County? Is there a strong sense of identity for the African-American community in Sullivan County?
1: Not right now. And that's what we're trying to build. They, they've lost their identity. Is a lot of commercialism, materialism going on, and, and that's what they're attracted to. And, and that's what we try to do get them away from you know it's not all about materialistic things and what you could get and what you could have. It's more like you know you have to build up your community you know block by block mm-hmm. area by area you know and bring them back into a, a more of a, a cultural sense of what's going on It's you know like you could buy these fancy cars and things and but it's not going to help our community as you buy things sometimes you take away from your community. You know you you sometimes people move out of the community and weaken the community, you know strong people just sometimes they feel fed up that things in, you know are, are not happening or they may not be happening quick enough, so they leave the community and they weaken the community instead of you know staying with the community and building up and mm-hmm. helping build different organizations supporting different organizations.
2: who are some of your role models in the civil well, rights movement?
1: Quite a few Marcus Garvey, Malcolm X. Harriet Tubman, Sojourner Troop, uh, Jimmy, you know, these people from the Stono Rebellion. uh, You know, it's just on and on and on. uh, Father Lawrence Lucas, uh, Leroy Jones, Amari Baraka, used to be Leroy Jones, um, Kwame Ture, used to be Stokely Carmichael. Ashanth Shakur, I mean George Jackson. I mean, you could go on, right. you know, like uh Adam Clayton Powell. There's so many people that did so many things or, or written so many things about the the history of African Americans and, and what they could do to alleviate some of the, the struggle that they face. But who's, you know, like sometimes people don't really pick up on it and and they don't explore and they don't research.
2: Thank you so much. Thank you. You. Emmett Bassett, welcome. Thank you for joining me. And we're all listening. You have some very important things, knowledge to share with us.
0: So being 20 years old.
2: (laughs) You ignored her advice? No, I began to think about (laughs) Maybe
0: volunteering wasn't a good idea. And I carried that with me throughout the army. I remember when eventually I gave up on going in the airport. You know, because all of this hollabaloo about uh, democracy, it just never rang anything to me. It just meant nothing. It's almost like an insult if you tell me I'm going to fight for democracy. Where was I going to find democracy? You know. They said, well, They gave us uh, options again. Do you want to go back to Germany and be in the Army of Occupation? Uh, Would you like to stay in the Army in some capacity? Or would you just like to get
2: out? So what did you choose to do? I chose
0: to just get
2: out. To just get out? Yeah. And then what happened? What did you decide to do at that point? Did you go back home to Virginia?
0: I went back home, and uh, I had finished college at that time and I taught agriculture for two years. And then I decided I'd go back to grad school because there was a lot of problems there. You know, they had this GI Bill of Rights, and with this GI Bill of Rights, they had gotten some money somehow so that these returning veterans, black, could become sharecroppers. And me being the agriculture teacher, I was supposed to give them some courses in agriculture. In the meantime, they'd get $75 a month from the government. And I just couldn't do that. Because what it was going to do, get these young men there. They were going to get a family. They were going to be on this banker's farm right. at sharecropper, And they'd be there for the rest of their life. Mm-hmm. I just couldn't do
2: it. So you couldn't do that? No. So at, at that point then? Uh, wh-
0: I went back to the University of Massachusetts. And got your master's I at that point? I got master's degree from the University of Massachusetts. And after I got that, I saw what I really needed to keep going in the sciences. So I went to City College in New York and I took chemistry.
2: And I, then what? I never had good <laughs> courses in
0: that. Uh, you didn't? Then I went to Ohio State and got a Ph.D. A- in what? In Well, it was really given to me in Dura Technology.
2: So should I be calling you Dr. Bassett then?
0: Well, you could, but I never use it. That never bothered (laughs) me one bit.
2: Really? Yeah. So you you ended up getting your Ph.D. in what?
0: Ph.D.? In what? Well, it was really in chemistry.
2: And I met you, Emmett. Bassett and your wife Priscilla Bassett today at the Juneteenth celebration in Monticello and it's the fourth year that this celebration has been happening here in Monticello. Did you grow up knowing about Juneteenth at all or, or we had, we, acknowledging it? We had heard it?
0: about that. We had heard about it and as I' understanding the information didn't get down to Texas until a year or two after the Civil War was over and they claimed that day that they were free. That's my understanding of it.
2: Mm-hmm. But
0: I don't think we celebrate this holiday in Virginia.
2: So Juneteenth started out as a regional celebration in Texas or even in Galveston and yeah, and then from been, there it's become a national celebration?
0: It, it might have started, it might have been in the lower south too, you know, because it was a different thing. So you had two types of slavery. You had what they called the Chesapeake. That was the people in Virginia, Maryland and and probably upper North Carolina and maybe uh, a few other places up there. Uh, Well, these people were enslaved by people who came here from England because they were the second or third son and couldn't get any land in England. So when they came here, uh, they could get, you know, for every slave they had, they could get 150 acres of land. So if you had 10 slaves, you'd get 1,500 acres If you had 100. get a whole lot of land. Mm -hmm. So they came here, like George Washington, Thomas Jefferson,
1: all of these people.
0: That's what they did. They got this land for nothing. They didn't buy it. They just took it from somebody. And so um, that's what we had. But basically in Virginia, there wasn't these big plantation systems like they had in the south, and rice farmers in South Carolina, where they really enslaved people and you know, worked them to death. Most of these people work with the boss. In fact, a lot of them were cousins, brothers. They mm-hmm. may not talk about it, but they were.
2: Your wife, I think, is saying that you must leave soon. Is that right, Priscilla?
0: Yeah. Okay, let me go. Thank Here's you. a lid,
2: too. Well, Emma Bassett, thank you so much for speaking with me and joining me for Trailer Talk. It's fascinating to hear about your history in World War II and then also following that with your studies and then your research. You're a research scientist at Columbia for many years. Yeah, And then Jersey, Jersey. great and... meeting you both, Emmett and Priscilla. From the kitchen table, out on the road, I'm Sabrina Artel. Thanks for joining me for Sabrina Artel's Trailer Talk. The music for the show, Patti Smith, People Have the Power. Trailer Talk is produced by Sabrina Artell and assistant producer, Babe Howard. For more information, please visit TrailerTalk.net. Special thanks to WJFF Radio Catskill and the numerous people who have donated their time, resources, and conversations to make Trailer Talk possible. Thank you all who joined me in these conversations. I'm Sabrina Artell. Safe travels.
0: Good evening, and welcome to WJFF's
2: Making Waves. Making Waves is an hour-long radio magazine program that airs every Monday night at 7 on WJFF. You'll hear segments brought to you by our volunteer team of audio producers. Join us every Monday night at 7 on WJFF's Making Waves, home of the Kingfisher Project. That's Making Waves every Monday night at 7.